Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every night at 8 p.m. this week, just before the start of a military-imposed curfew, Burmese stand outside their homes, banging away at pots and pans. It is their way of protesting a military coup that has democracy in Myanmar in retreat and reforms in the country sliding back two full decades. We spoke with a journalist in Myanmar. For his safety, we will refer to him as Myatar. We are also slightly altering his voice for his own security. We cannot defeat the military at all. Also, the military cannot defeat the democratic process at all. But we could work together and we could gradually change. The military withdrawal from the politics could happen gradually. That is what we expected. And that is what our sensitivity and and other democratic forces also believe in that. For a little more than a decade now, Myanmar had been nurturing new roots for a fragile democracy. Citizens who had initially fled had returned, political prisoners had been freed, foreign investment was starting to trickle in, and even independent media was starting to rebuild itself. Things were starting to look up. Aung San Suu Kyi's party, the formerly outlawed National League for Democracy, won by a landslide in parliamentary elections in 2015, and then they won again in the 2020 November elections. The military was still there, its presence very much a part and a big part of the reality in Myanmar, very much alive and still very much in power. It's been a tenuous arrangement, but something that held as Myanmar was starting to re-emerge from a military government into one led by its citizens. But in the early hours of February 1st, just as the newly elected officials were about to hold their first parliamentary convention, this happened. Some breaking news out of Myanmar this morning. Reports are coming in that the president and other senior ruling party figures have been detained in an... I'm Robbie Alampai, and in this explainer of Teka Teka, we try to make sense of what is happening in Myanmar. What happened? How did it get to this point? And what comes next? Here is Miatar again. We lived in the darkness and we lived in the dark era for decades and our democracy was staying young, but we were happy. First of all, how are things now in Myanmar? The people are worried and the people are hopeless. They, they don't know what will happen and we are facing the uncertainty in our future. But on the street, it is pretty calm. And, uh, and if you look at from the outside, there is no protest. There is no uh, heavy t- and, uh, military personnel on, on street. But there's still the military and the military trucks and soldiers 
in some part of the city. But and the uh, civil disobedience campaign started yesterday on second day of the uh, military coup. On the night, uh, people beat the drum, uh, almost every household. And uh, they showing their anger against the military leaders and the military coup leaders. Myanmar has been holding on to a fragile democracy for decades now. Years after it gained independence from Britain, the military under General Ne Win took over in 1962 and established a junta that had ruled over the country, which was then called Burma. Pro-democracy protests started to escalate in the late 1980s. That was the time we started to hear the name Aung San Suu Kyi. During my days of house arrest, it felt as though I were no longer part of the real world. Suu Kyi is the daughter of an independence-era icon, the former General Aung San, who became the face of Burmese independence. Suu Kyi spent nearly 15 years in house arrest. She was only released in 2010. By then, she was a Nobel Peace Prize laureate. What the Nobel Peace Prize did was to draw me once again into the world of other human beings outside the isolated area in which I lived to restore a sense of reality to me. Where exactly is Aung San Suu Kyi now? Aung San Suu Kyi is in Nepidaw in a house arrest. Nepidaw is an entirely newly built city north of Yangon. That is where the seat of government is. And then what happens now to the people who won seats in the last elections? Until yesterday, they, they are gathered by the soldier. They are staying in a compound, what we call municipal gas house, uh, because uh, this is an uh, individual, uh, these gas houses are uh, uh, a bit cheaper. So the, the members of parliament, they actually, they were waiting for the, the first convention, parliamentary convention after, after the election. The uh, military officer came and told them they can leave if they want. They can leave the compound if they want there. Uh, but all the parliamentary uh, representatives, uh, they decided to stay until uh, February 6th. I don't know why. They could, uh, they could have a strong reason. They said they are waiting. Uh, they will be there for until February 6th, and they were waiting in the uh, super party superior decisions. In the years that followed, the National League for Democracy, or NLD, have enjoyed the support of the public. The NLD swept to victory in the 2015 general elections and again in 2020. Now the military alleges fraud. The military saying NLD won the election that much because of the, uh, the fraud. Otherwise, they could not win that much. Uh, so, oh, so they are telling excuse that uh, hey these are the uh, list of voters uh, which which is uh, more than uh, 10 million voter list which is not actual list and so that, that sort of a narrative uh, they are uh, they are keep telling to the public 
So the military is saying they won by fraud. Is there evidence of fraud? Actually, it is not. It is not. As you know, that the voter list is not the vote list. Yes, it is true that the voter list are, are duplicating or the... So for example, uh, my name is two on a voter list in the two places because I live in the downtown, because I ran and I ran a, a flat, and also oh, my name is in my parents' uh, household list. So I can go and vote either downtown or the, my parents' home, but I cannot vote two locations. I can only vote one. That's, that's happened to the many people in, in our mm-hmm. country because we move from one place to another. Miatar says one obvious takeaway is that the military is just not used to not having power. The junta had been in place for decades. And even under the reform movements towards democracy in the past two decades, the new constitution of Myanmar actually sets aside 25% of parliamentary seats for the military. Again, this is an accommodation that takes into consideration a slow process for instituting democratic reform and allowing it to take root. But before that took root, the military showed its insecurities, particularly as the NLD, notwithstanding the 25% of seats reserved for the military, still emerged having control over parliament. Furthermore, Yatar says there are even personal and professional underlying agenda for the military officers who want to hold on to power. The commander-in-chief of the military coup, for example, Min Ong Hang, will retire in July. Or at least, he should retire by July. Now, in this in military coup, the, the real reason behind the scene was the, he has to be resigned because he is in the uh, late 64 year. So <laughs> in July of this year, uh, he has to be mandatorily resign. That he doesn't want. Uh, also, his backup, his uh, military backup political party, the, the opposition, Union Solidarity and Development Party, uh, lost the election and heavily. This was the real reason behind and uh, he staged a coup. Min Ong Lang had risen steadily through the ranks of the Tat Medao, that is Myanmar's powerful military. He maintained power even as Myanmar transitioned to democracy. Ong Lang has received international condemnations and sanctions for his alleged role in military crackdowns against ethnic minorities, in particular the notorious attacks on the Rohingya Muslims in 2016. Under the constitution, a general like Min Ong Lang can only serve until the age of 65. That age is nearing. Pushing Aung Suji to extend the position, but Aung Suji refused to do that. Inside sources and told me Aung Suji prefer the deputy commander in chief. It is also Aung oh, Suji tactics of uh, pulling off the military power. I think this is the final battle for Aung Suji now or never, because if she won, the military will be gone forever from the power politics. You're still listening to Teka Teka by Puma Podcast. This is our explainer on Myanmar politics. 
and the recent coup d'etat. It has not just been democratic and political reform that Myanmar has been fighting for. There are also ongoing insurrections all throughout the country. Fighting between the Myanmar military and ethnic armed groups, in fact, intensified in 2019. This would include insurgencies involving the ethnic minorities of the Shan, the Kachin, the Karen, and the Rakhine states. For many decades, the military has basically convinced itself and tried to convince the public and the world that, you know, we need military rule to keep the country together. Is this part of their argument for not for wanting power back? And what does all of this do to the peace process uh, in Myanmar and in the separate uh, insurgencies? And that the peace process had been progressed uh, for five years uh, in this 10-year agenda. Uh, actually, uh, the peace process had been disturbed under the Aung government, or, or that uh, it, it has almost stopped uh, the negotiations and the, the, uh, all the discussions are almost stopped. There could be the several reason, but I think uh, one thing is the uh, the military uh, doesn't want hard to achieve in the peace building. That could be the reason because we suspect that. And also Aung has a approach uh, actually, if you look at the country uh, powers, uh, power system, it is a triangular system. Uh, one is the military, obviously, and the second is the so-called democratic forces, and led by the Aung Suji or the civilian, and uh, thirdly, ethnic minority or ethnic groups. So, so these three are uh, competing and compelling each other. You know, sometimes and uh, two forces. And I guess, I guess one. Those armed movements have also always underpinned the military's argument for why they insist the military should be allowed to have control and influence over government. The military sees and argues for itself the role of unifier of the country. A United Nations-mandated fact-finding mission called on Myanmar to address a crackdown on the Rohingya Muslims but little has been done, and that has damaged the reputation not just of the military government, but even of Aung San Suu Kyi. No less than her fellow Nobel Peace Prize awardees had criticized Aung San Suu Kyi, and even human rights groups and political leaders all around the world had expressed dismay for Aung San Suu Kyi's seemingly tepid response in the face of a crackdown on the Rohingya people. Here is Miatar again. So honestly speaking, I don't know whether it was the uh, political tactics, you know, to balance the power uh, between the tri triangle. Or sometimes I suspect that uh, she has uh, discrimination against those Muslim minorities. But indeed, the uh, democratic and uh, democratic institution and building process collapsed overnight. So well, why she got that, you know? Hours after the military coup, footage of people lining up at ATMs, trying to get their money, stocking up on goods, and just preparing to hunker down in their homes could be seen online. Meanwhile, Aung San Suu Kyi issued a general call over Facebook. 
She urged people to protest to take over. Activists took to social media in protest using the hashtag, hashtag civil disobedience movement. And so every 8 p.m., you hear this. What is the next crucial thing that you are waiting to happen or not to happen that will signal whether or not things will become better or worse? Announced civil disobedience are studying that the protest uh, could happen and uh, indeed. And also uh, the crackdown of what happened. The, uh, I'm worried about the uh, bloody crackdown. I'm worried about the, uh, the you know, bloody violence that could happen. So we are uh, we put back in square. Yeah. It, is, it is really a depressing moment, and uh, I don't see uh, the, the for the military and a group leader. They are entering to the tunnel, which is no no exit. Why? You know. So they they just go into and into deeper and deeper could happen. The democratic movement in Myanmar has existed for decades. Its new roots were starting to grow over the recent years. But it only took hours to undo all of that. What lies ahead? We will continue monitoring. Once again, ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. This episode of Teka Teka was produced by Kat Ventura. It was edited by Carl Sayat. For more explainers like this, please follow Teka Teka on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen and continue to follow Puma Podcast for more podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.